This is News Talk 980 CKNW. 6.45 on a Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchak. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. We are starting with The Circle. We are, Jill. And uh, I heard you say earlier that this was an unusual take. For me, <laughs> this is how it felt. I think I said it was an interesting take. Or maybe it was. Oh, it is unusual. So, yeah. yeah, if this movie were an expensive restaurant meal, here's how it would go. The appetizer is just okay, but we stick with it because of the promise that the entrees in this place are incredible to die for. The soup comes, and it's better than the appy, but not the greatest. However, the main course is just moments away, so you stay with it. Finally, the big reveal. It's presented in exquisite style, the aroma is incredible, and you're salivating in anticipation. And just as you're about to dig in, the plate is pulled away, and you're told that the meal is over. See you later. Well, that's how it goes with this sci-fi movie based on the novel by David Eggers. Emma Watson, who's Hermione from the Harry Potter movies, is Mae Holland, a recent college grad who, through her friend Annie, gets recommended for an interview by The Circle, a high-tech Internet company that looks a lot like a polygamous marriage between Google, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Snapchat, and Microsoft. She begins in customer service and soon realizes that it's expected that her life will be lived on the campus of this company, including her weekends, because it is one giant social network. Tom Hanks is Eamon Bailey, one of the founders of the company, and he takes to the stage regularly to announce to the thousands of circlers who work for the company the latest product innovations in exactly the fashion we became used to when Steve Jobs was running Apple. Now it's a camera so small, completely wireless, and so invisible that hundreds can be deployed anywhere, making privacy a thing of the past. They'll be in businesses, homes, bathrooms, everywhere, and May Holland quickly becomes the poster child for going transparent and having your entire life online all the time, with three minutes out for bathroom breaks several times a day. Soon, after a horrific event where the lack of privacy kills a good friend, May begins to realize that the leadership of the company is looking to dominate world finance, politics, everything. And she decides to get even. And that's where it all falls apart, because the outcome, the payoff for sitting through almost two hours of what becomes an increasingly more interesting and tension-filled story is nothing. But that's just me. I found the performance is good, the story interesting, but the outcome flawed. And if you read the book, well, you'll feel even worse, because the story in the movie departs so far from the original material that you'll be even more disappointed. Uh, Bill Paxton plays May's dad here. This was his final movie role. The rating is 14A. The movie is called The Circle. And uh, boy, it was uh, a long time to get around to for me. I didn't care for it, Jill. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe maybe go have a nice dinner if you're going to uh, before going to see that movie. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I saw a preview for this one. I forget which film I was at, uh, but looked really interesting. Maudie. Yeah, Marty, it's an Irish film about a Canadian painter from Nova Scotia. It was shot in Newfoundland, Labrador, and it tells the story of Maud Lewis, played by Sally Hawkins, and her husband Everett, played by Ethan Hawke. Now, Hawkins does an Academy Award-worthy turn here as the artist who struggled all her life with severe rheumatoid arthritis, but still managed to produce a Canadian folk art that remains in demand to this day, at a great price following her death in 1970. The story is worthy, but Maud's relationship with Everett, the man who would become her husband, really doesn't play well on screen. Everett was a fisherman who sold his product door-to-door in small Nova Scotia towns and out-villages. Uh, Maud answered an ad to become his housekeeper. 
He treated her with disdain, telling her that on the pecking order around here, she was below the dog, below the farm animals, and below the chickens. He was physically cruel and abusive, and yet the relationship between the two resulted in a marriage of sorts. And it's hard to believe, despite the fact that it really happened, uh, that uh, maybe the problem here is the casting of Ethan Hawke as Everett. Maybe that's where it went wrong, because he's too sensitive and caring an actor, based on his previous work, to be believable in this role as the cruel man. It's a film festival picture in the States. It won't make any splash at the box office with its very limited release. And for Canadians, it's an interesting but very sad story. Sad because of what Maud had to endure in her relationship. The rating is PG, and uh, for those who are aficionados of this kind of art, you'll find it very, very interesting. Uh, for others, um, not a fulfilling movie, Jill. Uh, oh. Not a very good weekend for movies. <laughs> no, I guess not. Uh, what about the, the scenery, though, being that it was shot on the East Coast? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, I, I was puzzled, though, as to uh, why, if it all took place in Nova Scotia, they shot it in Newfoundland. And, and perhaps it's because they wanted to capture the 60s, and uh, Newfoundland is more like the 60s today than Nova Scotia is. But yeah, spectacular East Coast scenery. All right. Uh, let's move on. We'll take a look at the streaming services, and Netflix is up first. Yeah, let's go to Footloose. This one's from 2011, and it seems to depend, Jill, on just how old you are as to which movie you like better. The 1984 original with Laurie Singer and Kevin Bacon, or this remake with Kenny Wormald and Dancing with the Stars' Julian Huff. I would say that the dancing is better this time around, as both leads are honest-to-goodness award-winning dancers who've been hoofing it since they were kids. The story is pretty much the same. A small town's governing fathers ban dancing because it's evil and only promotes bad behavior in the teenage population. Ren, that's Wormald's character, has moved to this backwards burg, having left the big city, and his dance partner and the object of his affections is Ariel, Julianne Huff's character, whose father, played by Dennis Quaid, just happens to be the local clergyman who supports the town fathers in their decision to ban both dancing and rock music. Andy McDowell and Miles Teller also star. The ratings 14A. That's Footloose from 2011, Jill. All right. I was wondering when that one came out why they needed to make a remake. But I guess you could ask that of any remake. Yeah, you could. And, and typically it's because there's a new generation, not only a new generation of audience members, but a new generation of filmmakers who would say, yeah, when I was young, when I was a kid, this movie really impressed me. Now I'm a director and let's try and do it again. But uh, as I said, it depends which one you saw first and which age you come from. Because younger people who have only seen the original perhaps on television, thinking it's a bit quaint, uh, looked at this one as a really great movie. Uh, those who came up with the original looked at this one as a sad remake. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. Uh, there's also a great movie, at least I thought it was a great movie, uh, from 2016 on Netflix. It's a terrific film. It's The Light Between Oceans. And uh, again, if you want scenery on the, on the coast, this is fabulous. It's based on the best-selling novel. It's the story of Tom Sherburn, played by Mike Michael Fassbender, who has had enough of war and fighting, having been a soldier in World War I, and we see him setting foot on the Australian coast before agreeing to take a job as a lighthouse keeper on a remote island in Tasmania. The two oceans that this light is between are the Indian and the Pacific, and Tom settles in, most happy to be alone and away from the trauma of battle. On one of his trips to the mainland, he meets Isabel Graysmark, played by Alicia Vikander, falls in love with her, and after a time takes her as his wife to live in the remote location with him. Their lives are ideal until she suffers a miscarriage, and then a second one, which leaves her in a frail condition emotionally. When Tom spots a lifeboat heading for the lighthouse in rough seas, he rescues it and finds a dead man and a live baby on board. 
Isabel sees the baby as a gift from God and raises it as her own, although Tom doesn't feel right about what they've done. On another trip to the mainland, once again on his own, he meets a woman, played by Rachel Weiss, who's lost both her husband and her baby at sea. Tom knows he has her child, and he struggles with doing the right thing, knowing how it would devastate his wife. A slow, artistic film that grinds along with plenty of long shots of waves crashing on beaches and sunlight coming through the leaves of trees above. Uh, This is a very, very uh, nice-looking movie, but it's a very tragic kind of affair. That's The Light Between Oceans. Good movie. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, What about over on Crave? Uh, Crave's got the Tuskegee Airmen from 1995. This movie has the same theme as Steven Spielberg's 2012 movie, Red Tails. It's the mostly true but somewhat dramatized story of a group of African-American college graduates recruited into the U.S. Army Corps to train as fighter pilots on an experimental basis. They endured terrible injustices at the hands of their fellow officers and their commanders, as was often the case in those days for African Americans. And even though they proved their worth time after time in major campaigns, there was still a move afoot to have them disband. By war's end, they were viewed as heroes who did their jobs in remarkable fashion. The stars here, Lawrence Fishburne, Courtney B. Vance, and Malcolm Jamal Warner. The ratings 14A, Tuskegee Airmen. It's a pretty good movie, Joe. All right. And uh, for people who've been watching Anne, tonight is a big night. Yes, it is. After seven episodes, which make a complete season, this American version of Anne of Green Gables wraps up uh, tonight with the Cuthbert's Farm in Jeopardy. Now, other than some American accents and a few American references, the series has come off quite well, helped, I think, by the Toronto and PEI filming locations. Amy Beth McNulty is cute and very smart as Anne Shirley. Uh, that's on CBC Television tonight, Jill. And also tonight, wrapping up its season, is American Crime, the limited-run series. Uh, tonight's the eighth episode, All Things Point to the Webcam House, if you've been following this. Tracking the search for a Mexican man's missing son has resulted in little joy and a lot of heartbreak on this very gritty show, and that is tonight on ABC, Jill. All right, two uh, very different shows on television this evening. Rick, always great to chat with you. We will check in with you next weekend. I'll be right here, Jill. Thank you. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.